0: Welcome back to Fret Knot Podcast with me, Rosie Bennett. Fret Knot is the podcast that aims to demystify the learning process that we all go through in our lives, work and otherwise. Join me as I talk to the champions and the heroes in our field about the lessons that have most defined their lives and their careers, and help us to figure out how we can learn from what they've already figured out. Nothing in life is a linear process. So let's get more at ease with the ups and the downs and realize that wherever we are in our journey, we really aren't alone. In today's episode, I talked to Russian classical guitarist, Irina Kolikova. Born in Russia, Irina quickly made a name for herself as a child star, playing her first performances at age eight. By the time she was 12, she was regularly touring Russia and Europe playing solo concerts and at 17, Irina left her home in South Ural to study at the Gnessin Academy in Moscow, which I pronounce wrong in this episode a number of times, and which we talk about at great length. She then decided to move to Europe to study in the Mozarteum in Salzburg, where her new career as an adult musician began. We talk about some of the hardship that she experienced at this time, both mentally and financially, and how eventually competitions helped her to stabilize and come to terms with her pressurized upbringing. This was a really wonderful conversation with some really interesting insight into her experience of growing up in the USSR, Russia more as we know it today, and her time in Europe. Irina now lives happily in the Netherlands with her beautiful daughter, and where she is founder and director of the Hague Altamira International Classical Guitar Competition, the It's About the Touch Foundation, and the Classical Guitar Academy. I'll be back for a little bit more chat at the end of this episode, but until then, I hope you enjoy. Irina, what's a lesson you've learned that's been the most meaningful to you?
1: Well, the most meaningful, I think, um, is just to be complete as a person and as an artist. I think it's like it's a long path where you um, not only practicing guitar and doing it well and the right way, Right. It's really a lot of things that you learn from life and then you apply to what you really love to do, to your profession. And of course, then it's also about uh, teaching. I really love to teach. And when I teach, it's not only about the great technique and beautiful sound. It's always for me a complete thing, how you feel as a person, how you are as a person. Uh, if you're happy as a person and um, it's the same also for my own balance so I think that's kind of the most meaningful what I've learned you know to my age uh, here and now mm-hmm. and um, it's, um, it's been quite a journey with uh, everything all, all things have been happening in my life mm-hmm. It's been not just quiet and smooth so there have been a lot of different struggles and how let's say you solve that. Mm-hmm. So that has been extremely meaningful and and great, great experience of life till now, till today. Mm-hmm. There's still a <laughs> couple life to go. <laughs> it's
0: um amazing. I've I've been looking through your um your biography again, which is very complete actually. And um I mean I grew up with you as a player. It's it's really funny because you know you're really one of my my heroes. I was wondering, did you get that feeling of needing to be complete or wanting to be complete as a musician from your early upbringing? Or was it something that you felt that you missed growing up and being so prolific and so famous from a young age?
1: Well, I had kind of 50-50. So I was born in USSR. That's been a very different country Mm -hmm. than Russia. That's, you know, it's it's been everything very different. So um, being born in the Soviet Union, you had a different lifestyle. And my mom, she is a musician and she's a teacher. So for her, it was more like, oh, it's fun that my daughter has the same profession as I do. So we have holidays in the summertime. And uh, the salaries were really great for teachers, also for doctors. So it had been a really different life. Till the communism, the Soviet Union collapsed. So the thing is, when I was a kid, I played with the um, buttons of my sweater and um, the jumper. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and my mom saw that I have quite a motoric in my fingers. So she thought um, I would need a musical instrument, but which one? And guitar was uh, very, very popular at the time in the 80s. So she kind of decided the cello that she plays it's too difficult it's too complicated and it's enough that she plays cello and guitar is so popular and you could do anything you could take it anywhere you could Mm -hmm. sing songs you could play jazz flamenco any style and classical as well so when i was like mm, five and a half i started to play guitar and it was going very well and then I was doing the competitions again when I asked my mom but why I was doing so many competitions she said well it was just going well for you it was like for fun you know mm. <laughs> but uh, with my mom for fun it doesn't mean do it uh, however that means you have to do it hundred percent 200 percent it's just like the quality she brings in life in anything the house is super clean you know we all dressed well you know i play all pieces without any mistakes Mm -hmm. i know them well because she helped me a lot in my development really a lot so we've been struggling also the the moment i moved to to my another school uh we have like a preliminary school and then uh, and it's for three years and then you can switch the you can switch the school to Mm -hmm. continue your study and I had a school with the music together. So the um, school subjects with the musical subjects as well. So it's not only guitar, it's of course, there's a great piano, um, history of the of music. So there's like a complete study what you do and you do it all in one location. From that moment, I was 10. I felt a bit isolated as being a very talented musician. Mm-hmm. and having kids the same age and they are not as talented or not as successful. And I experienced um, kind of a serious jealousy and bullying
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, uh, at school with my schoolmates. So then it's like um, you have concerts, you travel abroad to play uh, you get first prizes on competitions. Uh, people love you. You come to school and people hate you, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, in one moment, you feel lonely because you cannot, um, yeah, you know, you want to be friends with them, but, you know, things are not working well. But at the same time, I got an amazing support from my family, from my brother, and he had my friends and my play yard. Uh, uh, we have been always a leader. We <laughs> were also the great group of uh, kids playing together, and I had time to to play outside uh, besides, you know, practicing guitar and so on. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: it must have been tricky. Did you feel that you were hanging around with a lot of adult figures at that time, at that age, people who weren't so threatened by you?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's. Kind of an interesting thing because now with my daughter, I have her friends. They are like my friends, and she will turn ten, and we have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my best friend was always my brother, who was six years younger. And then besides that, I had friends that been my teachers, and also my mom's colleagues that you know we meet, and then I have amazing conversations with them, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of, yeah, I always had older people that I felt were more secure and more interesting also to speak with. Mm -hmm. So, when I was a kid, actually, my my best friends, yeah, besides my my brother, uh, were all adults. And now it's the opposite. Like, (laughs) I have a lot of my daughter's friends that are my friends
0: yeah it's it's funny i'm trying to think because i think a lot of um probably a lot of listeners of the podcast as well can relate to that feeling that you kind of don't really fit in with the group that you're meant to i
1: felt always like a black swan you know like a black swan yeah well it you know it helps in a way like the music makes you so complete there's so much information there's so much happiness wisdom and it's kind of when you also perform it's shape you up as a person you know like when people do meditation mm-hmm. people try to find themselves i didn't have to find myself i was all myself <laughs> when i played an instrument you know when i performed the music when i gave um my performance you know the concert performance But, you know, like those kind of suffer moments, Mm. (laughs) uh, the loneliness in a way, uh, of course, like I found my way with reading books, with um, talking to adults that always, you know, respect you uh, and uh, you have amazing conversations and and friendship. But it kind of gives me um, a great opportunity to understand my students. Mm -hmm. So I know how to help them. I know how to you know to to make them feel happy complete even if let's say they experience the same thing like I I meet so often really great and talented young guitarists that they don't fit into the general group of people.
0: Mm -hmm. What are the things that you do in your teaching that were different than the teaching
1: that you had? My teachers they kind of didn't feel what is going on with me you know besides like you come in a lesson and i just give you um, a very straightforward lesson about how you have to play your piece when i teach my students i try to feel their world their soul their worries their troubles their thinking and from there i help also with the program there is one thing like if you feel extremely sad don't play sad music you will just increase your sadness you have to (laughs) play the opposite something something light and and cheerful and that also could be just an extremely healing part of you know playing music like you feel very lonely you play something funny and rhythmical and then you you know you feel better and Mm -hmm. uh, but not only that it's also about like how you solve your your mental problems when you are dealing, let's say, with memorizing the piece or stage frighten. And sometimes it's not because you're afraid of stage and because you didn't practice well. Maybe it's all of that. It's just great and good. But you kind of don't feel socially within the group. You feel like low self-confidence, which comes from your daily life routine, from, you know being like super talented and maybe experiencing the same sort of bullying or not fitting mm-hmm. into that group. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, it kind of helps me to to feel that and mm. working down and talking to my students in a different way.
0: So you felt quite isolated when you were young. Then you went to um, the Nyasin Academy in Moscow. This is actually yes. somewhere that I, I I don't know a lot about it, but it's a really elusive um, kind of dream state place for me, because I actually went in England to a school that was based loosely on the method that the Nessin Academy had set up. What was it like being there? What was the experience
1: like? Well, as I said, we had quite a difficult time from uh, recovering from the Soviet Union switch, you know, yeah. to the capitalism. And when I entered there, uh, I was 2000. So it still was very unstable uh, situation in Russia, and I came from Chelyabinsk, which is the capital of Paus ural and it had a totally different income rate uh, compared to Moscow. Moscow was like five times more expensive. So a lot of amazing and talented kids they come to study in the you know the most fantastic uh, in the Moscow Conservatory. We don't have a guitar department. So in the Nessence Academy, we have the guitar department, so it's like it's the best place to get your education in Russia. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, of course, amazing concerts that you can visit and it's all for free for you as a student. Uh, A lot of fantastic theater, uh, uh, I call it the theater place to Mm -hmm. to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go to the theater Mm -hmm. that I love very much, the drama theater. And I'm also teaching my students with a Stanis- Stanislavski method. Mm-hmm. I'm really crazy about the movies, the theater, and so on. So it's like um, I include it into my teaching method, and also for myself. So that was really, really great to be in Moscow, and really great to meet um, the same talented um, and more and and really amazing musicians. But you know, we all were struggling to pay for you know, for your, for our life. Mm. So a lot of them, you know, we start working. So you, you study and you work, you study and you work. It was not like it used to be, before like you have your study and then afterwards you hang out with your you know your friends your your parties we had no time for that we all just uh, run to our jobs and uh, and then you know you're tired and then you have to prepare for exams mm-hmm. we, we always uh, have exams two times per year and then another thing was uh, I realized working a lot with my mom as a cellist that uh, a guitar in Russia is in a folk department together with domra, balalaika, button an accordion, an accordion, mm-hmm. and I didn't fit in. I always felt that classical guitar should be with a violin, with cello, okay, at least with harp. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> or separate, just <laughs> yeah, with electric guitar, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ukulele fine okay but <laughs> yeah so um i i felt um, very difficult uh, difficult to study there and uh, identify myself as being a folk instrument like i understand if it's like a flamenco music if i would be a flamenco player then yes it's um, it's kind of mm-hmm. still you know folk uh music we played classical music And uh, we play Bach, you know, we play so many pieces that the arrangement from the piano works. And chamber music, if I played, I played with the cello, I played with the piano, I played with the violin. And I felt like that's not complete study. That's not um, what I belong to. Plus, I was um, very interested in conducting and, again, studying it a lot. And then you go... Um, and conduct in front of the orchestra and I wanted to conduct in front of the string orchestra and not the folk instrument Mm. so that's actually the reason why I decided to move to Europe and study at the Mozarteum Mm. uh, in Austria where the guitar is part of the string department and where I felt really that I'm fitting in (laughs) (laughs) and yes so that's, uh, let's say the education, the system, uh, the study system is great, but the guitar all should be really as a separate uh, department. Over the string instruments, then you really feel complete. And that's mm. what I found in Austria later on.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Guitar often gets grouped with weird selections of instruments. And it's really tricky because I think it it pays into a little bit that culture that we a lot of people feel like we're just catching up or that you have to reach this standard of um, string players, like there's a food chain and string players are at the top. And it, the guitar never really quite finds its place. It's really, um, I think it's really difficult in different programs. Actually, the school that I went to, it was part of the string program. But we still, um, exactly. we still kind of suffered from that feeling that we didn't really belong there and that we had to make up for it somehow you know only playing arrangements never playing actual guitar repertoire because it always felt like it maybe wasn't enough um i wanted to ask you because you said that you were working alongside
1: studying what did you do when you were working well i've been uh it depends on the country so in russia i've been working at the music school Mm -hmm. and they had some well private students as well and um when I moved to Austria, that was another situation that I had to learn German. Yeah, and I had some s- private students. <laughs> I was uh, trying my German. Uh, and then also my I could not get any scholarship, any support from my parents, uh, no scholarship from my country. I could not even get a loan for my study. Mm-hmm. And I could not get any scholarship from Austria as well. There was one time that they return the money that you pay per semester and you have to pay like a lot more than European students uh, having the Russian passport at that time. And so you have to pay actually for your living, Mm -hmm. for your house, for room, right, room rent, uh, also for food, for insurance and for your study. So I actually been also, that's been a secret while well, the time I was studying, everyone thought I'm going to practice guitar and, you know, practicing like 10 hours a day because she always disappears somewhere, she runs away. Mm-hmm. And I've been just cleaning some travel agencies and restaurants like late in the evening and early morning just to get, to get enough money mm-hmm. to, to survive. Yeah. So that's been really a hard part because I really um, well, I had to sleep less to be able to manage these jobs because they were not well paid. And I remember it was like five euro for, per hour mm-hmm. for an hour, and well, maybe now they pay a bit more. This has been like 20 years ago, uh, yeah. but it's. Um, it, it made me feel more lonely, I think, than when I was with my parents, feeling myself as a black swan, you know, with my uh, student schoolmates, uh, because then I still had my family, my parents that they, you know, they cooked for me, they cleaned the house, and I just wasn't, I uh, was in my world. I was, you know, reading books, practicing and playing with my brother, playing outside, with my friends, uh, neighbor friends, and there I had to take a vacuum cleaner and a huge restaurant to all go through with dusting and cleaning. <laughs> mm. I still have some allergy <laughs> on a vacuum
0: cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, I imagine. You were working during all of your time in the Mozartium, there was no moment where, so you were always doing this, but you didn't tell anybody at the time. It was just no,
1: no. I I felt ashamed. Now it would be fine to tell. Well, and I'm telling you right now. (laughs) uh, At that time, I felt really ashamed. Why did you feel ashamed? I don't know. I felt like um, this is something not that I should be doing. And Mm -hmm. I came already there as like um, a winner of many guitar competitions, and already at that time played concerts abroad. So that's been that's been kind of difficult for me. And yes, I I had also some concerts that I played. It was just not enough money to cover all my costs because it was really, really a lot for me to pay for my study. And I had a big dream to study in England. And actually, I did an entrance exam to Royal Academy of Music and I got a scholarship, £15,000. And then I needed another £60,000 for my living And because I had to pay about 40,000 pounds for my study, plus the living, you know, renting and and so on. So Mm -hmm. that was, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. And in Mozart the prices were not as crazy high, but still it was a lot of, a lot of money. Mm. now i'm uh, doing my phd in england and having the dutch uh, passport the fee is fine it's <laughs> good you know from the U, still from the EU, uh, mm. from the U fee but if let's say now if you're not like part of the EU and you want to study in england the same crazy yeah so i had to work a lot and um i played concerts and then also i met a beautiful great family um in Austria that uh, they won my concert and then they just were inviting me for dinner and then, you know, been very interested in me as as a musician, as a person, as a very young girl. And um, I've been visiting them also at their house for dinner or to stay for a night, uh, you know, coming for Easter or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, they borrowed uh, some money uh, for me so that I can invest this money for competitions. Okay. And because I had to do all this kind of cleaning, and not enough sleep, and economizing on everything, so I've been going to com- uh, for competition, but staying very far away in some hostel where young people been partying, drinking, uh, you know, in the shared toilet, bathroom, and then all noisy, loud, you know, and you have—I didn't know at the time about earplugs, so I—I <laughs> I had like zero night. Uh, sleep and then you go and you play and then you you arrive you think you want you will warm up for your performance but then they tell you you know a few people cancel you have to go in two minutes on stage Mm -hmm. so like okay you go you play and then I didn't play at my best because I was just exhausted physically from all of that and uh, okay I've been let's say getting my third prize getting my second prize Mm -hmm. and I've been those money I've been that I've been winning from from these prizes. I've been investing to my next competition. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of realized if you have a room very close to the location of the competition mm-hmm. with your personal bathroom, then I can have a good sleep. So yeah, I paid uh, twice more, like for three stars hotel, like where everyone was staying, mm-hmm. and not the cheap hostel. <laughs> And, um, and then I start winning um, the competitions with the first prize and simply because I had a good rest and there was no far away walking distance. And I was just, you know, let's say doing, doing the right thing, doing the, the good thing for that. So this, that was kind of my way of um with the competitions uh while i was studying in Mm -hmm. austria so this is how it all started i wonder what was it like mentally because you'd come
0: from russia where you were a star (laughs) where everything was so great and then you'd come to austria you were working then you were going to competitions and not winning what was that like were you just thinking well i didn't sleep at all of course i didn't do well, or was there something else going on at the time? Because I can imagine it must have been pretty difficult.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, when I was a kid, I was like a wonder kid. They call me wonder child, and um, I have been very often on television, you know, on newspapers and mm-hmm. so on. And I played yes yeah, concerts also um, at Westin Festival when I was 14 years old, you know, and uh, which is kind of yeah. at the time was really very very big summer festival and it's still going on and getting bigger again so that's um, and yeah i played in poland in germany in austria and then i never had a problem of a stage frightening up to my i think uh, teenage age and then it's you kind of you start realizing uh, the responsibility of playing well and also, yeah. I think, in that moment, I I noticed that like if someone didn't like you like it was at school, there was bullying. You start kind of thinking something wrong with you, and then it starts, you know, like kind of taking away some of your self confidence. But still, you go and you play and you and and, and you manage uh well because i've been practicing since i was a kid and with my mom i got a very good technique so you could be like extremely nervous but still going going quite you know playing well going quite quite good with everything Mm -hmm. and then also i broke my arm and i could not play for a while that's been when i was 17 18 years old uh exactly at the time when you know you also I changed the country I moved to Europe so this kind of mental stress also gave you a feeling uh, on stage that um, are you doing it right are you doing it okay and then if you I didn't play for a while because of my broken arm you had a break and then you go on stage again and and it's different plus I think I've been working a lot with my mom. This is, this is one thing. When I was 13 years old, I pushed her away and I said, I want to do it all on my own. And um, then, okay, you choose the program that you want to play and it's kind of um, difficult, challenging, but yeah, as I said, you, you, still, you still go and play on stage without um, a reflection that uh, if you did everything good or not. But really, uh, the moment you do the big, biggest competitions, when you really become an adult, if you're 18, 20 years mm-hmm. old, there comes uh, difficulties because... Um, your uh, people don't look at you anymore as a kid. So they expect a very different level of playing and very different program of playing. And uh, you're also completely on your own with everything, like with earning money, with studying, being in a different country mm-hmm. and different mentality that you also need time to get used to this mentality. And um, the social communication that being been a struggle for me that I kind of also learn how to deal with that, how to find my way, because I really love people and uh, mm-hmm. I love talking to people. I love being with people. Uh, but at that time, I was like extremely nervous to be open with people, to be myself, to talk to people. Uh, well, and and then okay. that's what I realized from from the um, uh, childhood, what happened to me at school, that I didn't really socialize, didn't really mm, have friends at school. Then it kind of was like a reflection to my life when I was 18 and 20 years old. But again, mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting uh, thing in Russia, not only for me, but for so, so many um, famous um, uh, actors, musicians, uh, bloggers, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in fashion industry as well. Like I don't, I don't really like that. Uh, that being very difficult for me in Russia. When you do something great, people write you terrible things. People don't give you compliments. People just criticizing you all the time, finding something what is not right. But in Europe, that was different. So I was already in Europe uh, when I was like from. 18 years old but I've been like back and forth I still was finishing my study in Moscow and also doing my study in Austria and then I noticed the difference from all kind of differences in mentality like I felt people a bit more cold you know they're not as open like um, mm-hmm. there was like maybe it's like a respect but maybe you know they just um, you know putting the uh, <laughs> a nice face but they say behind them so, so I was not used to a bit different uh, mm. way of communication, but at the same time, what I I realized, I got a lot of support. Like in any of the student concert, everyone was like, "Great, fantastic!" It was, it was so nice. And it's every time for anything I did, you got a positive feedback, and this is what I loved very much. It kind of built up my confidence uh, with a social group when you know I've been studying in Europe and then later on I realized about uh, what I felt is cold it's not cold but it's more just a respect to your (laughs) territory to your privacy and it's Mm. it's not um it's not like really being cold it's more like being polite and well now I'm I understand the European mentality. It's opposite. When I was coming to <laughs> Russia and visiting my my parents, uh, I feel like a stranger there. <laughs> you know what? Also, you know also what helped me um, just to go over those insecurity, insecure feelings um, on stage, or even like if I was doing uh, making some decisions in my in my life, like being afraid to make the decisions. Um, what helped me just. First of all, is a love for people, and mm-hmm. um, about this wisdom. Let's say with with concerts, with the concert performances, with the competitions. When I start really feeling that the juries are not big sharks, that they are people that are so much excited to to listen to you, and that they are all human beings, and that you just go and you play like your last concert. You go and you do it. Not thinking about yourself but thinking really just about the music that you just because you love music that's why you're on stage and that's where you do competitions and that kind of thoughts helped me a lot to get rid of all my struggles when you just stop thinking about about yourself but you just um let go of that completely like on stage mm-hmm. you're going you're drowning totally in the music and you do it for people and then that was kind of giving me a lot of strength to, to also not only to win competitions but to find my happiness in life and to be um, able to do concerts um, the way I wanted to, to play them, to, to mm-hmm. play everything the way I wanted that it sounds on the concert. And also then it helped me to meet uh, great friends all over the world mm. and being uh like through music through my concerts through my guitar I found a way how to be social and finding my people you know with people that I feel mm-hmm. I feel like home yeah people it's tricky in competitions
0: I guess <laughs> <laughs> um you said that you stopped uh doing competitions when you were 26 was it a conscious decision? I mean, was it just that you didn't want to go to the competitions that year or was it you felt that you were done with that, um, that circuit?
1: You know, I have never been um, competitive as let's say uh, for the competitions. I'm competitive to myself. Like if mm-hmm. I get a piece or I hear a piece someone is playing I feel competitive in a way like, I want to play the piece, I love the piece, and I know what I can do with that, kind of this. Uh, I put in some goals for myself. I have certain a standard for myself, how I want to play. And then it's like, yeah, it's being competitive with myself um, and um, getting myself better with that. Um, I've never been like, I need to win all the competitions that exist in the world. Uh, I had some mm. competitions that been my dream, um, I don't know even why those competitions, but I knew that my mom wanted them. Uh, she wanted me to, okay. she wanted to see me being a winner of some European competitions, not specifically those, but I guess I just like country. So I had very different <laughs> Uh, not because of price, not because of, you know, uh, the pride of the name of the competition, but uh, because I love people there who organize I love the country and I just wanted to be in that country. I love the program. You know, something this kind of motivate me that I'm going to do these competitions. And I definitely knew that it should be part of my study. And then I felt... Um, then I'm old enough and I, and I should not do that probably it's that you know the Soviet Union upbringing uh, that mm. I always thought that if you study you have to study only till 26 24 uh, now I know that you can study any time of your life and you can change that and switch the profession and so on and in Russia it was different and uh, I kind of felt that it should be anyway part of my study program and I've been really um so I've been studying in Maastricht as well in the Netherlands and I my study in Mozart was a little bit longer than I was planned at the first uh, place because I wanted to learn more things there so mm. instead of uh, finishing Mozart at 26 I finished at, 20, uh, at at 24 I finished the Mozart at 26 so that was my last year of study and uh, I set up several competitions that I wanted to do, and I won them all.
0: What's a lesson that you would like to impart?
1: I think just to be happy, because, and this what I do also with my students, this I do also with my concerts, this I do also with my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realized from my journey, from my development, you know, up to my now now age that I will turn 40. That if you're happy, you're healthy, you know, you give to other people the happiness and then it's unite, it gives, you know, it gives the strength, it gives the meaning for life. So this is my main focus because well if it's the guitar lesson I want the person to be very happy with the instrument and enjoy playing what they are playing in their level, you know, their program, their style. If we talk about guitar, Mm -hmm. right. And with, with my home, with my family, I do everything also to make the life complete with happiness, with joy, with love. And uh, yeah. So I think that's, in short, is the is the main thing. The moment my daughter was born, that was the happiest moment, and um, I've been very happy when I was a kid. Then of course there was some uh, struggles. So, also, you know, as I said, when the Soviet Union collapsed, my parents, they had a lot of stress. My mom had to have four jobs. My dad, for a moment, could not find any job because he, his factory uh, was bankrupt. And then he found the new curve with uh, photography. But it's been really hard for my, for my family. You feel it as, you know... It, They love you very much, but sometimes they've been so incredibly tired and it influenced on us as well. And then with money issues that you have really uh, no money uh, to buy food. So I've been playing concerts for food and they've been asking me Mm -hmm. if uh, you could choose if you want to have toys or food. We don't have actual money (laughs) and I always said mm-hmm. food, so that's been like a struggle, then the struggle that you realize in your own country, you feel as a stranger, and with your musical instrument, people, at that time, guitar, classical guitar was not, um, like during the Soviet Union, it was really blooming, and then it's Change to I don't know, just playing music like Pizzola or just singing songs with the guitar. Uh, Spanish flamenco always great. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, then you know you move to Europe where you're completely on your own, and it's been it's been a struggle because you miss your family, you have no money to call them, you don't see them like for several years. And you come home and then your little brother is a big man. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, those things um, they have been really hard. And I'm so much a family person. And if you are just on your own there, you, you feel lonely. And you build up your life. Mm-hmm. And yes, so the moment when my daughter was born. And actually, when I was winning the Pitaloga Guitar Competition, and everyone was giving me the standing ovations and I was not thinking but oh how great I am I have my first prize I was thinking about my daughter you are closer to me now I don't know I always knew I will have a daughter (laughs) and I was yes and I was and I wanted a child to be born in the summertime and I wanted to have a daughter and (laughs) so she's my Mariella and um yeah, I just felt that the competitions, they give me that possibility that this was the last one, to, that she will be born soon, sooner. And yeah, you are coming to, to life because I since I think I was six years old, I always knew that I will have. A daughter, and uh, that one moment she will be born, but like she is already with me. But Mm -hmm. one day she will be physically born. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the moment she was born, I felt absolutely complete and absolutely happy. And it's such an incredible happiness and love that I have so much in myself that I I need to share with everybody and Mm -hmm. um, everywhere. So yes, I would say that um, I'm working. A lot on my strength, uh, like saving the energy because there was a lot of work uh, because, yes, that's the joy, the, the happiness that I, I want to share with people. Like mm-hmm. I need to have good sleep. I need to have mm-hmm. a healthy life, you know, <laughs> to be able to handle all my jet lags, uh, to be able to go on stage like anywhere you know in the world like I'm going next week also to California it's again like a long flight and then so I do everything in my life just to fit and 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 be good because this this happiness is is so much boiling in me Mm. since my daughter was born that I really 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 need to share with everybody and it comes with many different ways like also that's creating the um, classical guitar academy and having the festival and having the competition Mm -hmm. and playing concerts with like recording cities and with this interview (laughs) (laughs) i think it's so lovely i remember seeing a picture of you
0: with your daughter some traveling somewhere in an airport and i remember thinking that it must be so difficult as well to cut a balance i mean you had You've had such a successful, in the guitar uh, world, you've had such a successful life. Um, Just from strength to strength, from thing to thing, from competition to concert to CD. I I feel like I saw you everywhere growing up. Um, And I just wonder, what was it? Obviously it made you so happy. It's like your destiny. Um, having this daughter but i wondered what was it like in those first years when she was little were you did you have to take a step back from your engagements what was that like
1: no that was not possible you know that's again <laughs> the thing about about yeah the thing is about the hub. so she was been travelling with me everywhere I've been breastfeeding her and having like zero sleep and i had also the post depression from from giving birth yeah but i was recording my cd reminiscences of russia from axis i've been doing all my mm-hmm. concert tours she's been everywhere with me she's been sitting in the guitar case while i've been practicing and she's been playing there with her toys. <laughs> and that's again it's about the happiness you know if you are incredibly happy you find a way
0: yeah. to
1: deal with any yeah it being a struggle i've been extremely exhausted so I had no idea that from because I have also um, this kind of uh, thing I don't know how you how you would name it uh, I when I'm excited I don't know where to stop working because I like um, uh, workaholic you would say like when you work 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 yeah. work and um, the best way for me is I like to teach like 12 hours a day and the next day no <laughs> just nothing and um I prefer that that you work and teach and this and that so that's kind of and I learned to do that as well with my daughter there is no other way you have to pick her up from school you have to cook for her mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know how we've been also scheduling the interview mm-hmm. you know like I have to work out the dog you know yeah <laughs> and this and that um but you know you can manage anything if you're happy, you find a way, you know, you could, um, the person who is not happy, you will find any excuse to complain about something. So that, that's the thing, mm-hmm. you just deal with that. There's always a solution. Yeah. And for me, I've been playing concert uh, up to the two weeks, uh, uh, even after her due date, I've been playing concerts. Mm-hmm. I was not uh, allowed to fly at certain point, but I had uh, a lot of work in the Netherlands. And then when uh, she was born after two months, uh, yes, after two months, we've been uh, traveling all together. And um, the COVID, that been a big struggle for me yeah. because um, I played with her as a baby when we were not traveling, you know, with these two months. But with the COVID... <laughs> crazy i've never been so long on the ground for so long in one country mm-hmm. that's been yeah. mentally quite you know quite hard quite a struggle yeah yeah um, well i i decided to record more cds you know and and more video lessons uh with my patreon mm-hmm. as well so i started doing that and i got more students online from different parts of the world but you know, I, I need to be on a suitcase. I need to be at the airport. Like I <laughs> used to that so much when I'm there, I feel like it's a Zen moment mm-hmm. <laughs> being in the airplane, you know, in the air and reading a book. It's like, yes, this is the way. And this is the right room for my, for my meditation. Mm-hmm. This is my way <laughs> to meditate. Yeah. Amazing. I, I had a rude question,
0: but I, yeah. I was going to ask when it comes to money now, Do you feel very comfortable in your situation? Do you feel financially very comfortable these days?
1: Yes, yes, yes. You know why? Um, Because, you know, if you have, like, if you're a millionaire, you have also big responsibilities for this money. Mm -hmm. I have enough money to be happy. And I also realize, like, if I would have a lot of money and then I won't work, That's not me. That's not possible. So I I work to earn money, not just because for fun, Mm -hmm. to earn money. And I earn enough to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important. And the Netherlands is also a beautiful country in many, many different ways. And also for my daughter, her Montessori school is completely for free. And it's a great school, great teachers. And uh, she has great friends. Um, if I would be living in the US, it would be a different story. Like, yeah, uh, then I would find a way anyway, right? Because (laughs) there's a lot of education that costs this and that. But um, yes, I have enough money to be happy and I keep working, keep making money and money is the energy, no? Thank you very much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you too. Thank you too. And um, yes, um, I wish you all the happiness and all... um, Thank you for all the great work what you do. I follow that mm-hmm. with also the guitar playing, the inspiration what you give to people uh, with your uh, a new challenge that you have now, playing by ear <laughs> with this <laughs> uh, with this podcast as well. So that's um, that's nice. Thank you so much for that as well. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Wasn't it great? She's so lovely. I grew up listening to her records so I was quite terrified for this conversation but she just made it so easy and I'm so glad that she felt that she could open up about some of the more unpleasant or more difficult things that her journey brought with it. I'm also super glad to be back, thank you for waiting around for me to come back. It's been two months since the last episode came out with Aaron Laje Kaplan and I wanted to say also thank you for the great responses from the first season of Fret Not. It's been really amazing making this podcast and I can't wait for you to hear the people that I've been interviewing in preparation for season two. We've got Stephanie Jones coming up, we've got Jason View. Um, Crystal, Gabrielle Bianco, just a great list of stars, people that I've wanted to talk to for ages, and also people who have been absolutely lovely with finding time for me. Um, as always, if you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe, and if you like, then leave a comment. You can always reach out to me um, either at the podcast email address which is fretnotpod at gmail.com or you can just write me personally rosie.bennett at yahoo.co.uk I love getting your emails so much I read every single one of them If I haven't got back to you yet it's simply because it's been so busy May has been an absolutely crazy month but I feel like I'm back on track now and I can't wait to share these conversations with you and to share everything that I've been working on with you as well so wherever you are and wherever you're doing I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead of you and I'll see you next week for the next episode of Fret Not Pod with Crystal